0: Hello, this is your host, Donna Barr, and welcome to A Bazillion Ghost Stories. Does anybody really know A Bazillion Ghost Stories? But then again, aren't all stories set in the past? Ghost stories. <sighs> okay, this is this is something that's been going on for years and it's annoying and it's kinda like keep your hands to yourself. Uh you know, whenever you're on the dance floor with a bunch of women that are just having fun by themselves, sooner or later you get the goddamn dance floor roosters that come poking into your circle. And they'll do everything like crowd you off the dance floor, crowd into you like a hen being crowded by a rooster. And I've even had somebody grab me and start doing uh, those swing dance things. And it's like, what do you think this is? You know, first grade and we're learning the Mexican hat dance or whatever they taught us back then. Uh, don't, Don't come in and start dancing with women you don't know. How about some... Polite introductions off floor before you start this. This this isn't appreciated. It's annoying. We try to go along with it because, you know, everybody likes to dance. Everybody deserves to dance. But, you know, there's enough dance floor. Stay in your own corner, but dance with your buddies. Don't come over here and bother us. If you want to dance with us, how about you ask before you get on the floor? Before, women had to sit in the corners and be wallflowers because men didn't dance them or didn't, excuse me, ask them, and now women just say, hell with it, get on the floor, dance with each other, and we found out it's a lot more fun, uh, most of us do those arm-waving things that, you know, riding around on the dance floor, and I suppose white people have more rhythm than they used to have, I had a nickname in the army, it was Even Colbert, because that was my last name, um, because in uh, basic training, when the black girls were teaching each other the latest steps and the latest hand jives, um, I'd try to join in, and they'd give me a, give, give me some lessons. And then uh, whenever, whenever a black girl could not do the steps or could not do them as well as they thought they should, they would say, hey, even Colbert over here knows how to dance better than you. So I was like the bad example. But that's how I got the nickname, even Colbert. So... Uh, we're over there dancing by ourselves and having fun and uh, interacting and if you want to dance with women don't crowd us don't push us off the dance floor don't make us get around behind you and leave just just ask yourself are you acting like a rooster with a hand because honey I ain't in your flock I swear to God, when I'm the last person left in this house, if I'm the last person left in this house, I'll burn the damn thing down because I'm tired of it gaslighting me. I don't know the number of times I've had something in my hand, and the next thing you know... I can't find it. it's any place but where it belongs and it's buried. The latest example was I took out my like electronics bag out of my packing stuff getting ready for the next event took out a few things, put it down by my shoes on the bed. I have this space in the box room bed it, you know I think there's a I think there's a bed in there, kind of the guest room line from West Wing. you know I got a guest room I think there's a bed in there so anyway, I put the stuff there. And then I cannot find that bag, and I went all over the house trying to find it. And I found all the stuff that had been in the bag, including stuff I had not taken out, scattered all over the bed, got it all together in one place, and finally found the bag up by the head of the bed underneath the suitcase. I didn't put it underneath the suitcase. I hadn't moved the suitcase. This goes on all the damn time. This house is gaslighting me. It drives me nuts. I cannot find anything. It's almost like, you know when you're traveling and you cannot find anything because you're not used to just the muscle memory of picking things up and knowing where they are? Well, it's like that in this house all the time. Uh, Things just, they're in the wrong room. They're buried in things. One of the reasons I gave uh, San Diego State University all my original art that that were just on flat pieces of paper was that I would go digging through the box of these these things to find a particular piece of art. I couldn't find it. Now, the thing about it was that for months beforehand, looking for other stuff, I kept running into this piece of paper. And it was someplace, and I know it was a bad filing method, but I um, would then look for it itself and not be able to find it. And then when the need for it was gone, I would be able to find it. I got so sick and tired of this, I just gave them everything and let them catalog it. If you want to see where all this stuff is, it's um, look on donabar.com. There is a link to the San Diego State Special Collections, the Donna Bar collection. And so that's one of the reasons I just handed them everything. I was tired of trying to store this stuff and trying to find it. But this goes on all the time. Something drops on the floor you can't find it. And, you know, months later, if it shows up again, it's in a completely different room. And uh, the only thing that seems to help me find this thing uh, is if I start jumping up and down and screaming. It's like I either scare them or else my brain opens up. I don't know what's going on. Roberta Gregory says that she just stops looking or she starts just cursing. One way or the other, the stuff shows up. Um, But uh, there's no such thing as an inanimate object. I I shouldn't be doing this, but I have been, you know, binging. This is why we drink, right? And listening to them since 2018. I am now listening to them. And I'm sorry. I I, I can't help laughing. This is cruel. But it is December 2019 on their podcast, and they're talking about their tours, and they're apologizing for not going to Florida. And they're telling Washington, D.C. to get sold out. It is December 2019. Uh, these two are good at the drama and personal problems and just sitting here knowing what's going to hit. It's pot. You know what the thing about podcasts are, especially when you're time traveling them like that. I mean, it is, that's what, you know, when you're binging, it's time travel. You're back there listening to 2018. I have been waiting for this for like two years now. Uh, you know, not two whole years in reality, but two years of this podcast time travel. And this is why we drink. And this this is so perfect. They they've got all these tours set up, and I feel i feel sorry for them. Sorry for them and the fans and everybody else. But they'll deal with it. We know that because they got like 400 episodes, and they're only like 200 in. So they managed it. They handled it. It's not a problem. But I want to hear their reaction now that we're you know we're not past it. Uh, it's still there. Everybody's still dying of HIV. Everybody's still dying of COVID. Um, but, you know, with that dark, dark cemetery humor we've got now, just waiting for the two of them, the podcast in January 2020. I know I'm a bad person. Years ago in Discovery Park in Seattle, I was walking with a mutual friend of mine and Dan's and uh, we had a great big long walk. I had a good time. I find found many nibblies on the way like I did as a kid. There's all kinds of food out there. Uh, every place you look, you don't have to be hungry. And uh, we got back and Dan said, well, how was your walk? And my friend looked at me and kind of went, she ate the park. Well, right now, and I'm not going to tell you who it is, because I'm just going to be insulting. I got a book by a guy who uh, thinks he can introduce his book about survivalism as being some kind of fool in the woods and not get away with the fact that he's just a gym bunny. And he goes out in the woods, and let me tell you something. the uh, I'm, I'm not sure what he's up to. None of these survivalist books have a brain in their head. Uh, the, the tough guy one. I remember once reading a whole survivalist book, and there was absolutely... You know, in the case of a city emergency, absolutely no addressing the toilet problems. Anyway, they're they going to get cholera, they're going to get typhoid, and these guys won't know what to do. They don't have a clue, they just shit all over the place. Maybe they'll bury it, put it at the water table? Anyway, I'm reading this thing. And uh, he's always going on about how he's trying to get abs and he wants to be tough and he doesn't seem to realize that the people out in the woods training him are tough and hard because they do it all the time. The minute you stop exercising, it's gonna fade. Uh, I was at the um, SquatchCon, and, of course, I ran up and down the street. And it was all over the place and hauling things every which way you want. And I got home, and Dan had been sitting here because it had been raining and storming and snowing. Yeah, it's April in Washington. We get snow. And uh, he'd basically been sitting on his butt because it was miserable out there Hey, he's seventy-four years old. I don't fucking blame him. We do not need people getting sick. So we went for a beach walk, and I was all up for beach walk. I was, you know, going up and down to beach. I didn't have a bit of trouble, and he was just absolutely could not make it. He had to sit down because the minute you stop exercising, you're not going to get a final core strength. It's going to start to fade, and that's all there is to it. And the only reason you're mountain man there. Is tough. It's tough is' because he's training you clowns all the time and making you pay for it. So anyway, I'm reading this, this, this hot Shot survivalist book, and they're talking about going out in the woods without food. Well, first of all, none of that food out there belongs to you. You're a human, OK? You don't belong on most of the planet. You're an alien invasion. A bad one. You know, oh, what happens if the aliens invade? Already happened. Wiped out New Zealand, wiped out Australia, wiped out every place you can go. A few little animals that can hide or that are fast or that can become nocturnal. Deer are now nocturnal in the eastern United States can get away from these traveling moths. So he goes out there without food, and what does he do? And I know what he's doing here with his sentence. Um, he claims that he killed a collared lizard, and oh, he felt terrible about it, and then promptly used that life to go kill two fish and talked about how crispy and good they were when he had had cooked them they had lives to live they had native lives to live and they might have been food for another native instead this i'm so toughy boy goes out there as usual the male thing of they're not born with menstruation they're not born with uh, with birth so they gotta make it up and prove how tough they are Uh, He goes out there and takes their food because he doesn't know how to dig a root. He doesn't know how to find the leaves. There's food all over the place, and if it's not a berry, he doesn't know what it is. And I wonder if he knows the difference between uh, a huckleberry and a baneberry. You know, I'm kind of waiting for that to happen. And I'm going to go pick some mushrooms. Yeah, chanterelles and some shaggy mains because you don't dare mess with any of the other ones. Um, these guys are always, always, always about how woo wants to eat. Of course, you've always got to have some clown in there mentioning things about, oh, when you shoot a mountain goat, it jumps off the side in a death, in a death drop. Ooh, 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 is that just so exciting? Did you really have to take that animal's life? You have supermarkets to go to. You take up most of the plant the planet and your big long story about how the um park workers keep the trails so nice and clean and you're making fun of all the hikers because you oh you're special you go out into the park and you don't use those trails you go out you stomp through and you end up in the mud and every place you're in the animal's living room those trails were put in there to keep you out of their living room to keep your butt on the walk where you belong human and stay out of what little space they have left, you have turned this planet into a fucking concentration camp. And that's especially true of the animals that you farm. Oh, and then expect us all to forget about that. Uh, You farm these creatures, and most people are eating the carcasses, the cadavers from concentration camps. And you got all these hormoned up animals and you wonder why your girl's tits are down to their knees and they're having periods at nine while you're stuffing them full of hamburgers. Um, Yeah, I I will say this about the meaties. They are taking the vegetarian challenge and I am sick of the meaty argument that, oh, vegans, they're destroying the planet. These farmers do this. No, 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 no. It's not bad vegans. It's bad farmers. And they're all subsidized. I mean, there's no reason any of them should be paid. 'Cause they're subsidized all the hell. That's our food. We should walk in there and just take it. Because it belongs to us. We paid for it. Anyway, just listening to this stuff is just you know, if you gotta go out in the woods, take your damn food with you. Leave the food for the natives. God Almighty, you and your faky routine, and stay on the paths so the animals can have what little is left to them until the next disease finally kills humans off, or we finally get to the point where we cannot give birth because we are, well, we're functionally extinct because our baby's heads are too big, and we are the last species left in our genus. And when you're down to that, man, even elephants have got a couple of species left, and they're in a hell of a lot of trouble because of us. So maybe you should have some respect. And instead of talking about how, ooh, I went out here and, oh, my God, this is another thing the guy did. He used he used what he called, what is it, Paiute Rock Falls to kill mice. And it's like, no, that's not how you catch mice. They're tiny. And if you don't know how to cook a rat, I mean, the people who did the cookbook for the Cat Patrick O'Brien book, women did they knew how to cook a rat and they said it was too delicious so they didn't want to do it anymore and we all know that the midshipmen on the on the ships cooked rats you know they were available they were non-native that's for sure because they are originally from the polynesian area which is why and i'll tell you this right now when you get rats if they find a package of rice they'll suck it dry they'll suck two of them dry because they're that is their ancestral food but anyway um you know just remember this the minute you stop exercising, the minute you start to go. And you and the and the guy also in the book talked about a woman who would study the Northern African tribe, and the guys would, you know, work for a few few hours a day and then sit around on their butts while the women dug all day. That's because the men are lazy. They're like lions. And all these arguments about in another book that I read about how the brain was formed by hunting. Lions have very small brains. Okay? And it's the lionesses who do the hunting, and you are not a lion. And remember this, you're not going after protein when you're going after meat or eggs or cheese or milk or any of that. That's concentrated fat, and you know you don't need a lot of that. What you need is the vegetation, because you need the minerals, and you need the fiber, and you need the amino acids that the plants actually make. So I tell you what, while we're at it, why don't you, as a meaty, if you are a meaty, go make, uh, go find that recipe for the. Get this, this is hilarious. I cannot believe this works. The potato and carrot nacho cheese, and make yourself some nachos with that cheese. And I still, I'm, I'm, I'm an attempted vegan. I do the best I can with what little there is out there because meat's a religion, and if you're vegan, it's like being atheist. Uh, anyway. Try that out, because you will be amazed. And a lot of meaties now are just taking the challenge. But if you go out in the woods, take your own damn food, take your poop out with you, and for God's sake, stay on the trails and stay out of the natives' living rooms. Okay, I'm listening to, and that's why we drink. And uh, there's something that goes on constantly with human males. It's all the time. And that's that they will rape a female if they can. Uh, If she won't cooperate, they'll kill her. Now, there's a bunch of other animals do this too. Dolphins do it. I don't know if the dolphins actually kill females, but they do rape them. They gang rape them. Otters rape and kill. And mallard ducks rape and kill. Uh... Now we've now had scientists agree that birds are not quote bird brained in the same way we used to think they're bird brained because the neurons are very tightly packed and they are calling birds feathered apes. So is there something about intelligence that causes rape and murder? Is it that same idea that if I can't have her, nobody else will, at least they'll get the fucker? Okay, this is just what I'm wondering. And while we're at it, uh, if you got guys trying to run you down, run to the nearest telephone pole, and get on the other side of it. A car has a very, uh, you know, you have a very short turning radius, and the car can't get you. And uh, I know, I've done it. And it was a bunch of cooks at Fort Lewis, of course, spoons. And uh, anyway, they um, they tried to run me over because uh, um, they'd thrown a can at me, and I just threw it back. And, you know, how dare a female defend herself from the lordly males? So, uh, anyway, they tried to run me over. And of course I was going to be in trouble anyway, but then they got their car stuck in the gravel in the ditch because they're always going to. And I came out with a rock and they have this shiny sparkly blue, you know, metal flake paint. And I said, if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to wreck your paint. I'll get your back window. You better stay in this goddamn car. You're getting a place near me. I'm going to wreck the thing. Well, you know, I managed to, hitchhike with a, another bunch of guys and because they were all being pushy. I had them all convinced that I had some kind of permanent lung infection they could catch. And uh, so they got me back to the barracks real quick. You always got to do this. And men are always saying, women lie. Well, you got to stay alive. And the other thing about the shirt turning ba- uh, radius, remember, men are top heavy. And if one comes and grabs you on the neck, go down, back. Once you're behind him, he can't turn fast enough to get you back in front of him. Now, I'm, I'm suggesting that... I'm not suggesting you have a brick and cave the back of his head in. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you can actually go around in circles till he falls over. Because most of the guys that do this are drunk or high. I mean, I've done it. Uh, they're stupid. And, um, you know, any male that would try this stuff, let's face it, how... You know, he can't get a female. That's what he's doing. So anyway, that's that's some of the stuff you got to do. So anyway, that's, it seems to be... Uh, In many cases, the bigger the brain. And this is also a problem with elephants that the young females get pounded on by the big males. And if they don't have any older females to chase those off, then uh, they'll break the young females' legs. Because males, after all, are just sperm spreaders. (laughs) They just don't care about anything else. So anyway, there's a little um, how to stay safe, kind of. And uh, uh, like I say, I'm not not saying kill any of these guys. But definitely threaten their paint job. Okay, the neighbor's rooster named Chicken, who I am teaching to eat out of my hand, although they won't go near anybody, uh, he just helped Dan with the wood. you gotta, you got to tell them what rooster just did to you. I was bringing in the firewood, uh, well, it's not our... The rooster's neighbor's rooster was underfoot uh, supervising me. And he was crowing. And it's a loud crow. It kind of pierces my uh, left ear. Yeah, he goes around the whole neighborhood in the morning and wakes everybody up. Because, you know, that's his job. Anyway, he was doing that uh, loud, really piercing cock-a-doodle-doo. I turned around, leaned over him and said, You can knock it off. We're all awake. And he stopped, turned his head, looked at me, and then opened his beak and out of it came a uh, dinosaur sound almost a dinosaur sound like almost a, a roar it was a kind of a growl a growl, a growl, giving me that sideways look well of course he has to his uh, eyes are set that way and i stepped back and i was thinking what is this a jurassic uh, rooster well, actually, all sounds made by birds or dinosaur sounds. And we really don't mess with Chicken because he's got, like, inch-long spurs. They are razor sharp. And if you've ever seen the movie <laughs> Cry Macho, you know you do not screw around with roosters. Would you like to be part of this podcast? You can go to anchor.fm slash donna bar and you can leave me a voice message with your story that can become part of this podcast. If you would rather have me read it, send a PDF, or put a ph, double-spaced, larger type, to donnabar one at gmail.com. You can also become a patron at patreon.com/donnabar and finally if you would like to know anything about what i've done in my life that has to do with my work conventions etc go to donnabar.com hope to see you there i will also put all this information in the program notes Spooky